Hallelujah. You know, here, you know, the church started in 1985. And uh, we moved here in, I guess, February of 2020. And so, I guess, 14 and a half years old at that time the church was. Is that, is that good math? 95 and four and a half, 20. Yeah, it wasn't quite. <laughs> 15 and a half. I can't do math. 14 and a half. Amanda's the math, math person here. Yeah. Well, I went to college. I was going to be a math teacher. That ended quickly. When my, when my uh, uh, college professor in math wrote an equation on the board and then stood there and went, I was done. That was it. He didn't have to say another word. I was not going to be a math teacher. That was it for me, praise the Lord. But that has nothing to do with my message tonight. Hallelujah. But the church has, uh, has had this saying for, for many years since we have been here. That Ramah Bible Church is bringing hope, help, and healing to the world. Hope, help, and healing. I want to talk tonight about the Bible subject of hope. What it is. Because if you don't know what it is, how can you bring it to anybody? Right? Now you realize you can't, you can't teach any, you can't teach any one subject from the Lord of God in its entirety in one sermon. Probably not in one series of sermons. So this is just kind of a, a starting point for us to talk about the subject of hope. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad we have hope? Some folks don't know if they have hope or not. You know, now you, you realize if you put your hope in natural things, you know, like for instance, no, I better not say it because some of you may not have watched the game. There's one team already that has no more hope of going to the Super Bowl. All right, one team that played today has no more hope of going. All right. But thank God, well, our hope is not in something natural. Our hope is in Almighty God. But we need to know what it is. Now, let me give you just a kind of a quick definition of Bible hope. Uh, a lot of people think, you know, you've, how many have heard the term, don't, don't get your hopes up? Don't get your hopes up. In fact, if I was thinking about the title for the sermon tonight is, Get Your Hopes Up. All right? So if they want to use that, that's fine. Who's back there? Shauna, are you back there? Get your hopes up. That'll work. That way Shauna doesn't have to email me tomorrow. What in the world was the title of that thing you preached last night? Anyway, get your hopes. She doesn't say that. Get your hopes up because without hope, there's nothing for faith to get a hold of. But hope is not wishing. It's not a wish, Bible hope. Bible hope carries with it the idea of confident expectation having a confident expectation with the idea that you've got joy. Now, Pastor Craig preached that sermon this morning on, the, on joy, and that was so, I was thinking, man, I could, you know, I could give him just a few of my little notes here, and he could have taught my whole sermon too, because that without joy, there is no hope, and without hope, there is no joy. Thank God for hope. Confident expectation with joy. It's not, I wish it's going to happen. It's I know it's going to happen, but the difference between hope and faith is hope says I know it's going to happen. Faith says it's mine now. It's faith is right now. Hope is future tense, but thank God for hope. Well, let's start in Jeremiah 29. Of course, that's probably a famous scripture. 
uh, here in the Old Testament concerning that. And the rest of the time we're going to look and be in the New Testament tonight. But uh, there's a lot. The, the psalmist says a whole lot about hope. There's a lot of uh, verses you can look up at a late, later time. We might get into some of them, not tonight, but maybe in a, in a later time, if the Lord willing, the Lord leads that way. But tonight, Proverbs 29, 11, the King James Bible says this, For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. An expected end. Now notice that word expected. Expected. What are you expecting tonight? See, what are you expecting? Well, the New Living Translation says this. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. A future and a hope. Now, I know some people, somebody brought my attention here just recently that somebody posted, you can't, you can't claim Jeremiah twenty nine eleven for you. It wasn't written to you. You know God can say something to a specific group of people, but it still has action for today. And this doesn't violate anything in the New Testament. God's not planning disaster. It'd be funny, like somebody said, it'd be funny if it wasn't so tragic that people uh, blame disasters on God. He's not the God of disasters. I don't know what that word would be, but, you know, the compound name, Jehovah Disaster. No, there's no place in the Bible that says that's God. He's not planning disasters, right? He's got a good plan, not of evil, glory to God, but a future and a hope. Expected end, a future and a hope. Notice how hope and the future go together. Praise the Lord. Now, the other thing about hope that we need to understand, hope is like a blueprint. Hope is what we desire, you know, from when we see it in the Word of God. The hope starts to paint an image on the inside of us. You've got to realize our spirit, man, is a, create, is a creative, the creative aspect of God because our spirit is made after God. We're in the image of God. It, it is creative in its nature. And it can take the words that God has said on the inside and begin to paint an image of you being exactly what the word says and you having exactly what the word says. And when that does, that's the blueprint. That's the hope. How many of you know a blueprint's not the final building, right? Or the final, whatever it is, you know, blueprints are used in all kinds of different applications, but whatever, when that blueprint's there, it gives you direction you know, a really good blueprint also has directions on, you are not like some of these toys that you try to put together that shows you a picture without any directions. Here, put this into there. Well, how does that even go in there? Amen. We got our, one our, our oldest grandson, a little Lego set that uh, gave it to him yesterday. Was that yesterday? I've, I've slept since then. I think it was yesterday. Yes. Yesterday. And see, Grandpa, I put this together. He wanted so much. So I sat there, and uh, I wore him out as slow as I see. He got up and went off and played. I'm still sitting there trying to put the Legos together, you know. I'm building Spider-Man a, a motorcycle. All right, now it had little direction. It had pictures. didn't have any directions. I got that together. Then there's the next guy, the, the villain that was part of the thing, too. No pictures on it. I, I told my grandson, I said, go call your dad. Have him come over. This is his, this is his, his job now. And he's evidently got more experience on it than I do because he had it together, boom, boom, boom. I was like, praise the Lord. 
But I didn't even have any pictures to go by, and now I'm not going to know. Amen? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The blueprint. Here's, this, here's another thing about hope. It is a living force. Hope, hope that comes from God is a living force. It's a spiritual force. Now, you know things about spiritual things. They are not, they are not subject to natural circumstances. You don't have to have, natural circumstances do not have to line up for you to have hope. Pastor Craig talked about this mor- that this morning with joy. It's irregardless of those things. Anything that's a spiritual force will operate regardless of the circumstances. You know, we're not going to look at it tonight, but sometime, uh, well, I guess we are. I'm sorry, I do have it in my list, but let me pre- preface it. Abraham had no natural hope that he could have it, that they, he and his wife, she's 90. Or they haven't had, been able to have children. He's 99. All right, there's no natural reason for them to think they're going to have any children. Yet, God made a promise. So against that natural hope, he believed God. See, the circumstances didn't line up, but hope was still active. The hope of God. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, King James says, And now abideth faith, hope, charity. That's the word for agape, or love. These three, but the greatest of these is charity, or love, the agape love. Now, don't just take hope and make it like a, you know, secondhand thing because it's not as great as love. Hope is a vital, it's a living force. Just as much as faith is a living force, hope is a living force. And of course, we know the love of God is. The New Living says, these three things will last forever. I like that part. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So hope is an enduring thing. It'll last forever. It, it is abiding. It's living. We don't have some dead hope. Thank God. How many of you know our Savior is risen from the dead? He's alive. Glory to God. He just didn't die. He rose again. Thank God for all those that have died for us, have sacrificed their life. But our, our Savior did something more than that. He rose again. And he is alive. And so this hope is a living hope. Look at Romans chapter 15 with me. Now the rest of these verses we're going to read in the King James Bible. But if I take the these and thous out, you won't mind, will you? So don't go to try to buy this Bible I'm reading. I've got a King James Bible in front of me. But sometimes in reading it, I don't even read the King James in my mind anymore. Verse 13, Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope. Notice what it says there. The God of what? Hope. So here's another thing. Hope is of God. He is the God of hope. So it's of God. You're not going to find hope anywhere else besides in God. Amen. Now that should be good news to us. Sometimes, you know, we look at our circumstances. I don't know, have you ever looked at your bank account and thought there's no hope? Right? Right? You could look at, you know, you could look at your, at the doctor's report about what's going on with you physically, and you could have no hope based on that. But then I go to the Word of God, and the God of hope, the God of hope, His Word start to build that within me and start changing the picture I'm seeing to what His Word says. He's the God of hope. He said, fill you with all joy 
and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost to abound, glory to God. That, does, that means to have way more than enough. So why, why would people say, don't get your hopes up when he says you're gonna abound in hope? No, get your hopes up. Hopes what? Based on the word of God. Hallelujah. I don't care, you know, it doesn't matter what your situation is. Some folks, you know, they've been diagnosed with something so long they identify with it. I'm sorry if I'm talking to you. But they told you, you know, your whole life, you've got this and that. And so you identify. Well, you know, that's just that. I'm just that way. That's a hopeless life. Because you don't have any hope you'll ever be different than that. Well, now, you believe God could someday supernaturally just take that away from you in a stroke, you know, just like, no. He could. But why wait for that? You can always act on the Word of God. Amen. You can always act on the Word of God. If you don't have a manifestation of the Spirit, of the supernatural, like the gifts of the Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians 12, just always do what the Word says. It will get the same thing done. Amen. You know, you can be healed in your body and no one ever even lay hands on you. No one else, no one else, you never, you never got a prayer chain going for you. You never got anything. You just saw what the word of God said, by Jesus stripes you were healed. You said, well, if I were, I am. It's not very good English. Like one guy said, if I were, I am, and if I am, I is, and now faith is. It's right now. When am I going to, I'm not going to be, I am. We sang that tonight, I am who you say I am. That last song we sang there, the hopeless have found their hope. Hallelujah. You know, it'd just be good to start walking around just saying, I got hope. I'm hopeful. I got hope. Hoping in what? What what God said is coming to pass in my life. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2. And you know, he started out this chapter telling us about how we used to be. We used to be dead in our trespasses and sin. But thanks be to God. Up there in verse 4, I love that, but God. But let's drop down here to verse 11. Ephesians 2, 11. Wherefore, remember that being in time past, Gentiles in the flesh. Now, they weren't Jews. They were, these were folks that were called Gentiles because they weren't Jewish. Notice this. Who, were, who are called uncircumcision by them, that which, by them which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made it by hands. That at that time, so this is before you came to God through Jesus Christ. At that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. That means what? Aliens. That word means you had no rights and no privileges. And strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now, you know, you hear people sometimes saying, you know, well, you know, we just got to do this. We, these people just don't have any hope. They got to do that. And the way that the way the world system operates to do that is they try to throw a bunch of money at it. And mainly what they throw money at is the administration and the buildings to bring hope to people that need hope. And the people that need hope never get the hope because the money's already spent. That's the world's way. But the God's way of hope is get them to Jesus or get them to God through Jesus Christ. There is no hope outside of him. You were without hope in the world. Why? Because you were without God. Having no hope and without God. Now, nothing wrong with putting some money into it. I'm not saying that. 
Money's not evil. Loving it is, but the money's not evil. But without God, it's a hopeless situation. Amen. You know, have you, have you seen any of the studies of the people that have won the lottery that are broke now? That won millions and now they have nothing? So money won't fix it. Amen. But getting to know God and acting on the word of God. Now, you know, you could hear. Here's the one thing about it. You could have a blueprint for something. But if you don't ever go buy the supplies that you need to build whatever the blueprint says and then go to building it, you'll never have it either. So you can go to the Word of God and see the blueprint. You can go to the Word of God and get hope. But if you don't ever act on it, it's not going to benefit you. Going to heaven, yep. Like one guy said, on their way to heaven, yep, don't have a clue. Amen. I didn't say that was you. That's the person next to you. No, 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 not them either. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. See, without God, there is no hope. There's no reason to have hope without God. There's no reason to look at what's going on in the world today and think there's any hope in the future. Amen. And can I tell you this? No elected official can bring hope. Only God can bring hope. Now, we need to pray and we need to have you know, have influence, but it's, <laughs> I've already got a savior. I'm not going to elect one. Just thought I'd throw that in there. First Thessalonians 4.13, look at this. This is familiar. You know, you usually hear this around people that, that go home to be with the Lord. Said, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. That means those that have died on this earth. They've they've left their bodies. They're still alive, but they just left their bodies. That you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Now you see, again, without God, it's impossible to have hope. So as Christians, we're not to act like people who are hopeless. We don't deal with death. I mean, look at the verbiage here, those who have fallen asleep. We don't even talk about death the same way the world talks about death. How many of you know for the Christian, death isn't ceasing to exist? Amen? Death is just a transition. It's just leaving this body to be clothed with, when eventually clothed with that spiritual body. But he said, look, don't sorrow as others which have no hope. And what's hope? Confident expectation with joy. That person's gone home to be with the Lord. Hey, it's all right to be sad. It's all right to feel the pain of it because the pain, there is pain involved in it. There are emotions involved in it. But all through that, you can have confident expectation with joy that there's going to be a great reunion. Amen. Going to be a great reunion. Hebrews chapter 6. Hey, guys, I put verse 2. I meant verse 12, verse 12 through 20, so sorry. I just saw that in mind. I'm not reading that, but thank you. There we go. Hebrews chapter 6. You don't see them, but right up there behind that screen is our, is our uh, television media department up there. Don't they do it? Give them a big hand clap so they can hear it up there. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
All right, Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 12. He said, be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. See, what's God going to say? I swear I'm going to do this, so help me God. He's God. I guess he'd have to say, so help me me. I don't know. But he could, he could swear by himself. So he said, surely blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had, patient, after he had patiently endure, uh, uh, endured, sorry, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them, to them an end of all strife. See, once the oath has been made, and once it's been signed, there's no more strife. There's no more argument. See, once you go to the Word, and you see it in God's Word, come back to let God be true and every man a liar, and say, that's this it. Discussion's over. This is, this is what it says. My, all my needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in me. I mean, you start looking at those things. These are non-negotiable. They are true. He goes on to say, wherein God was willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability, which is a fancy word that means the unchangingness of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable or two unchangeable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Now, here's the thing about hope. It's always going to lead you on and it's always going to lead you forward. It's, it's set before you. It's set before you. But look else what it will do. Not only is it set before you, verse 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Now, he's not talking about your spirit is born again. He's talking about your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Any of you ever needed an anchor for your emotions? Any of you ever had your mind not, not serving you right? But hope will anchor you. It will anchor you to the place that you will not become untethered from the hope that's in the Word of God. It's an anchor. Praise God. I like watching these, you know, sometimes uh, uh, some, uh, I like to watch all the Alaska shows, you know. Some of them go out in the, they go out in the rivers, they go out in the ocean, they go out and they throw that anchor out there. Or they'll throw their crab pot out, whatever it is. They'll throw, and it, it goes out and it, they've got a weight on it. They'll put their fishing net out in the river and they put a weight on it. Why? So it stays connected. Hope is our connector. It keeps us anchored. And it will anchor. So hope is there every time I have a thought that tries to paint a different picture than what God's word has already painted. Hope says no, no, no. Now listen. That's why hope will keep you from the counterfeit. But you got to know the real. You don't need to study the counterfeit, just study the real. And when the counterfeit comes your way, well, you know, I know, I know that you got healed last time, but you're not getting healed this time. Wait a minute, that's counterfeit. Because that's trying to rob me of hope, not give me hope. And God is the God of hope. Amen. Get your hopes up. Tell your neighbor, get your hopes up. Let's look in 1 John chapter 3. Praise the Lord. Hope is a powerful force. It's alive. Notice that this didn't say expectation. It said confident expectation. 
confident expectation. 1 John 3, verse 1 through 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Now, that's a position in God, not a gender. Therefore, the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now. Everybody say now. See, I'm not going to be. I am now the child of God or the son of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, how many of you know that's in the future? So now we're dealing with hope. Now look at verse 3. And everyone that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. See, hope has a way of purifying the unbelief off of you. And also has a way of purifying the sin off of you. Because how can I, how can I become what the blueprint is saying if that is still on me? That has to go. You ever seen anybody that uh, uh, made a carving out of ice, or you know, they're in, they're in. I don't know if they do it. I don't know if they do it at the state fair here. Of course, we have two state fairs, and we have the Oklahoma State Fair and then the Tulsa State Fair. But at the Illinois State Fair in Springfield, Illinois, they always had somebody there carving a big old cow out of butter. You ever seen that? You know, well, you got to carve. You got to knock away everything that doesn't look like a cow. Now, how many of you know? Don't, don't ask Brother Dad to carve the cow. Because I, you know, I could carve a stick figure. That's my, that's my artistic limit right there. But, you know, somebody, some of these guys can take a chainsaw and make, you know, eagles and you know, all kinds of stuff out of it. There's some of them carving down on the riverside down there. They've carved them out with a chainsaw out of a big old piece of wood. It's amazing. It's amazing. I heard one guy describe it one time. Oh, I, how do you do that? I just take off everything that doesn't look like my, what I want my pro, finished product to look like. If it doesn't, look, if it doesn't fit, it, it's got to go. Well, hope will do that. It's a cleansing agent. Look at Romans chapter 4 now. Let's look here at Abraham as we race to the finish here tonight. Again, this is just get us started. I want you to... I want you to uh, to start thinking about hope and start having hope, glory to God. Romans four seventeen says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead or gives life to the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. How does God change things? He, he names it some, he uses his words. He calls things that be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope. That he, now talking about Abraham here, that he might become the father of many nations. See, against natural hope, he believed in hope. See, it's the difference between that natural hope and believing hope. According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now, some people say, well, he just denied that he was old. No, he didn't. He just didn't allow it to be considered above the hope that he had. All right? He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Now, you do understand that the word promise infers future? He didn't have the baby yet, but God had promised it. And he got so, so hopeful that he started calling himself the father of many nations. When he didn't have any. Like somebody said, he called himself the father of many when he didn't have any. Right? He was fully persuaded. 
Verse 22, therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Not at, now it was not written for his sake alone, but that it was imputed to, he, to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. So he's talking about us now. If we believe on him that raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification, keep reading, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works patience, patience experience, and experience hope. And hope makes not ashamed. You will never be ashamed hoping in God. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Glory to God. Let's finish up tonight in Hebrews chapter 11. Hope. Don't buy into the world's hopelessness. There is hope for people, but it's in Jesus Christ. It's in God. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I've got a little uh, letter X next to the word substance here. I look down here and it says, or it means it's the grounds or it's the confidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So hope has to deal with those things you can't see yet. You can't touch it yet. Romans chapter 8 says, why would we hope for something we already have? We would, we would have it. You don't hope for that. But we have hope of a resurrected body someday, don't we? We have a, while we're here on the earth, we have a hope of heaven. We're not there yet, but we have hope. Now, I don't know, but most Christians have pretty good confidence about heaven. And they're expecting it to be a joyous thing. Right? Well, how about every other problem? What's the difference between heaven and healing in your body? Same God that said it. Same God that made provision for it. Same Savior that got us entrance into it. It's that hope wherein we stand. In the grace, and we, it's the anchor for our soul. It's the hope set before us. Glory to God. So this right here, especially, especially reading the New Testament, in reading the book of Romans through the book of Revelation, it's, it's all, every part of it, is infused with two main substances. Of course, God is love, so that's it. But with faith and with hope. But you've got to have hope before you operate in faith. Because faith has nothing to give substance to without hope. Now, how many of you know you could go, you could go, we should call them the lumber yard. You know, I don't know, you know, you know what I'm saying? You could go to the lumber yard where they sell two-by-fours and all that kind of stuff, and you could go buy you a whole mess of wood. Right? But you don't have a blueprint to put the wood together. You don't have a plan. How many of you know God? God has a plan. Well, he is the plan, but he also has a plan for each and every one of us. Oh, oh, what a plan, and oh, what a planner. It's our hope. So no matter what's coming down, 
you know, the Bible says that Satan has come down to the earth with great wrath because he knows his time is short. I can't imagine in the world it getting any better. I just don't see it. I don't see it from the word of God in, in the world, the world system I'm talking about. In fact, it's, it's coming to a close. I believe it with all my heart because I see it in the word of God. And you just watch what's taking place. Amen. And the more the world tries to do something, you know, the world decided, the world decided that we can't trust parents to teach, teach their kids about uh, physical intimacy. Let me say it that way. And now, after two generations of the world teaching that stuff, we got kids that don't even know what gender they are. You hear me? So don't look to the world for your, for your answer. Look to God's way. It's full of hope. Confident expectation with the strengthening agent of joy. So if you ever encounter yourself, you ever say, if you ever catch yourself saying this, or you hear somebody, now don't go around correcting everybody, you know, and be the joy monitor or the hope monitor for everybody in life, you know. That's like, you know, you're not, you are not the faith confession police. So you're not the hope police or the joy police. But if you ever catch yourself, and then if you're in a position where you can help somebody, where they, they're asking you for help, and you hear this come out, well, I sure hope so. They're, they're not using Bible hope. Right? Well, I hope so. No, that's not Bible hope. Because there's joy involved with hope. Amen? Glory to God. Let's all stand up together. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank, thank you, Father God, for your word. Your word is our blueprint. It is the hope of our life. You are the God of hope. And we thank you. Father, we thank you for the hope of eternal, we thank you for the hope of eternity with you. We thank you that you've already deposited the life of God in us. You've given us the Holy Spirit as our down payment. We thank you, Father God, that hope will go forward in hope and our faith will see it come to pass. That's your plan. That's your purpose, Father. I thank you, Father God, that you'd help each and every one of us as we anchor ourselves to your word, that we'd walk in hope. Hallelujah. We give you praise and we give you honor for it in Jesus' mighty name. Say it one more time. Get your hopes up. Tell somebody else, get your hopes up. Yeah, don't ever, don't ever, you know, tell anybody, don't get your hopes up. That's why, listen, I know, I know, you know, you might not think somebody can do something, but don't tell them they can't ever, you can never do that, especially little children. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I got good news for you. If somebody ever told you when you were little, no, you'll never amount to anything, you've already proven them wrong. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. If you're here tonight and you're not a joint heir with Jesus Christ, don't wait another moment. Here in a moment, we're going to close the service. Come on down here, ladies to the ladies, men to the men. They'll help you. They'll introduce you to Jesus Christ. Through him, we get in contact, we get in connection with God. We, we enter into God's family. And we have hope. Glory to God. Amen. We all good? Wednesday, don't forget Wednesday night, hour of power. Denise Burns will be in here preaching the word of God. All right. So tell your neighbors, tell your friends, come on. Don't forget all the announcements that Zach made, plus, our, plus all that's in the bulletin. Pick one of those up. And we'll, we'll see you back here on Wednesday night. God bless you. Have a great evening.